Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another Arse Blog Arsecast, right here on arseblog.oleole.com. After a week in which we dropped vital points in the league, we lost our captain for the rest of the season, and we dragged ourselves back into the Champions League, having been 2-0 down against a Barcelona team who were quite content then to sit back and allow all the media pundits and commentators suck their cock. And while their cock was being sucked, we kept playing football and taught them a valuable lesson. It's a game of 90 minutes, not 60. It is not over until the fat lady sings. Susan Boyle's appearance at the Grove was late and great the other night. And it's all on for Tuesday's return leg in Barcelona. Coming up on this week's show to talk about those Barcelona games, Perry Groves. He'll be along in a few moments' time. As well as that, Andre Arshavin is here. Sylvester is here. I'll give you the winner of the Sesc t-shirt competition with thanks to Gunner Blog and there's all the usual bits and pieces as well as well as looking ahead to the Wolves game this weekend so plenty to get through uh, so two draws since we last spoke the one against Birmingham I didn't get to see very much of uh, I was down in Galway with Mrs. Bloggs for the Irish Blog Awards Irish Blog won uh, best sports blog so that was very nice thank you to the organisers of the Irish Blog Awards uh, and to all the people who voted and judged the site etc etc and of course thanks to you for reading and writing and listening and all that kind of stuff which makes Irish Blog so great and uh, nevertheless I didn't get to see um, the uh, the Birmingham game because they don't have such a thing as the dodgy satellite down there I went into a few pubs even some quite um, grotty looking ones who might have that kind of satellite but they hadn't even heard of it I went in and said to one guy do you have the satellite you know you can show the 3pm games on a on a Saturday from the Premier League and he said that ESPN you mean no so I was on a hiding to nothing I was quite able to watch Chelsea uh, spank uh, 7 past Aston Villa which wasn't much fun followed the game on my phone on the arses kind of depressing to see a flurry of messages going no Right at the end, it was a bit heartbreaking. And I think those two points that we dropped are going to be two points too many when it comes down to this Premier League title. Even if United and Chelsea draw tomorrow, uh, they still have to drop more points. I know it's not crazy. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that something could happen given the way this season has gone. But I just think we've uh, we've uh, let it slip, which was unfortunate. I didn't get to see any of it until later on in the bar. And uh, as the awards were going on, I was in the height of my ginnery. Can you say that? I was in the height of my ginnery. I, I don't care if you can say it or not. I like the sound of it. Um, me and Tanqueray or Gordon's or whoever it was were, were great friends at that stage. And I saw Nazri's goal and then I saw Almunia and yeah, whatever you say about it was a surprise. And 
came at him fast and fuck's sake though come on if that had happened to another goalkeeper you would be pointing at him and laughing and then saying thank fuck he doesn't play for us unfortunately uh, Almunia had another one of those moments uh, on Saturday not to blame him of course because we had chances uh, to win the game Nasri could have shot and Arshavin another horrendous miss an air kick in front of goal after Bender's good work. So it's not all down to Almuni, of course. You know, we could have had the game uh, wrapped up at that stage. But um, that's the thing about being a keeper. Your mistakes uh, prove to be an awful lot costly than, than others. You know, people don't point the finger at Arshavin, for example, or Nasri as much as they do at uh, Almunia. So, so there you go. Not much fun, I have to say. Even in the height of my ginnery, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't cry, though. Gin doesn't do that to me these days. Now, I'm all cried out on Jin. Oh, it's a long story, and you don't want to hear it now, let me tell you. Uh, and then, of course, there's a game against Barcelona. And uh, while we're all expecting uh, a game with goals, because both teams have um, an attacking philosophy, you might say, I really wasn't expecting to see Barcelona do that to us. Because for the first hour, they were absolutely sensational. There were mitigating circumstances, you have to, uh, you have to say. Uh, Gallas just back from injury, clearly not fit. Fabregas, having taken a kick on the knee in the Birmingham game, was doubtful uh, for the Barcelona game. I haven't seen the tackle, actually, in the Birmingham game. Arsene Wenger wasn't particularly happy with it. I haven't seen it, so I can't pass any judgment. But when you uh, consider Arsene was saying, well, if the game had taken place on Tuesday, Cesc would not have been fit. I don't know how much could have changed uh, between Tuesday and Wednesday for him to actually be fit. I don't know how much actually did change. Uh, I think really it was Cesc's desire to get out and play that game against that particular opposition uh, that got him through. Whether it was a good idea or not, uh, I don't know. We got a bit of a heroic performance from Fabregas and I'll come to that a, a bit later on but the game itself um, Barcelona all over us for an hour and then switched off the introduction of Theo Walcott made a big difference uh, we got in behind them it put them on the back foot a little bit and uh, he scored the goal and then Cesc got the penalty and there was the red card and the uh, the yellow cards which means other players are going to miss the uh, the second leg and it was a remarkable result under the circumstances, not only because of the way Barcelona play, but because of all the stuff that we had to go through. We have a captain who, who wasn't fit, Gallas went off, Arshavin went off, two of the manager's substitutions were enforced. He only had one uh, player that he could bring on to try and change the game. Thankfully, he picked the right one. So it was, um, it was some game, some game. And uh, whatever you want to say about Barcelona's quality, there's no denying it. They're, they're a very brilliant team. And whatever you want to say about our performance on the night, uh, this is a team that has shown over the course of this season some incredible spirit and mental strength uh, to stay in games, to draw games, to uh, to win games. And, you know, it, it would have been very easy for Arsenal to roll over at 2-0 down. And had it ended up 3 or 4, I don't know that anyone would have been too surprised. Obviously hugely disappointed, but not terribly surprised. Uh, so it sets it all up very nicely for next week. Anyway, uh, to talk a little bit more about the Barcelona games, uh, I'm joined now by uh, former Arsenal legend Perry Groves. Perry, um, were Barcelona as impressive to you as they were to everyone else? Uh, I actually thought I'd never see a time where Arsenal were out-footballed. You know, they were out-Arsenal. And I actually think that um, Pep Guardiola stole a bit of a march in Arsenal tactically. 
because mm. everybody would, would expect him Barcelona to play four three three, and he played four four two with Messi just uh, dropping behind Ibrahimovic and Keita wide on one side and Pedro wide on the other, and we couldn't combat that. And to be fair, it wasn't for Al Mouni having the, like the twenty minutes of his life. In the, you know, in the first twenty minutes, we could have been three or four down. I think we were all looking for a really. A uh, good game of football and expecting a great game of football, but I don't think anyone really would have scripted the game the way it turned out. No, I thought it should be more end-to-end. You know, they have possession, we have possession. And um, what it looked like um, our players um, seemed to be mentally was they, they didn't believe that they could win the game and we didn't adapt quick enough tactically for the way Barcelona were playing because when Barcelona were in, in possession with Keita getting really wide on the touchline on one side and Pedro on the other, giving Xavi and Busquets space to play in the midfield with their two centre-halves fitting as well, uh, Poyo and Piquet, you found that Nasri and Diaby were spare men when they had the ball. You know, they wasn't getting close enough to the Barcelona midfield players and that's why they could cut us open fairly easily. So sometimes which we don't do when we haven't got the ball, is we don't stop the other team from playing. And also, when we were in possession, Barcelona were very, very quick to close down. I know they're fantastic on the ball, but one of their great strengths is when the opposition in possession, the nearest man closes the ball, and they all work from there. So we found it very, very tough for the first 20, 25 minutes. I'd actually say, um, to be honest, for the first hour. You know, when we went 2-0 down, most people in the stadium, including myself, thought that's over, it could be three or four. Mm. But great credit to our players. They've showed fantastic spirit and, and resilience to get themselves back into the game with the introduction of Theo Walker on the right-hand side. What did I mean, I think you make the point there for, for an hour, they were absolutely brilliant. What did you think happened to them? Did they get a bit complacent in the sense that they thought the game was over at 2-0, uh, Arsenal hadn't really posed much of a threat? Or did they get a bit tired? Because I don't think Barcelona have to play like that when they play in the Spanish league. They don't have to work as hard to take teams apart as they did uh, last night against Arsenal. Well, I think what happens is, well, when you have that much of the possession, it can be tiring. You know, when the other team um, doesn't have possession, you can't get a rest. Because, trust me, you work just as hard when you're in possession than when you're out of it. But it's more fun, obviously, when you've got the ball. Um, I just think that, um, obviously, with Arsenal making the substitution with Theo coming on the right-hand side, it stopped Maxwell um, bombing forward. Barcelona then sat a little bit deeper because they were worried about uh, Theo's pace. And that enabled the midfield players, such as Benilson, uh, to get on the ball a little bit more. And I'd be amazed, seeing as I know that people are saying that Theo's an impact player, you know, last 30 minutes when people get tired. But he did look like that um, he held a bit of an Indian sign over him because of his pace. That's why Barcelona sat back a little bit uh, deeper. Um, and we, we did fantastically well. If you'd have said after you know, even 30 minutes that we'd draw this game 2-2, although it's a, a good result for Barcelona, I think it's a better result for us because the game arguably could have ended up like 7-8-3. Mm. Were you surprised at the impact that Theo made when he came on? Because his season has been, his form has been a bit patchy really this season. And I, I don't know that too many people expected him to be quite as good as he was. Um, to be honest, I, I wasn't surprised. The reason being, I come on this club a few times myself, obviously, and when your team's 2-0 down, you've got nothing to lose. Because if the team goes on to lose 2 or 3-0, 3-4-0, uh, it's not your fault. If you come on and you have an impact and obviously score it as you did or you make a goal and you get your side back into it and it gives the crowd a lift, it gives your own team a lift, Barcelona sat a bit deeper, the momentum changes, um, then you become a hero. And I actually thought Theo, um, his decision-making was a lot better last night. Sometimes he gets in good positions uh, and his final ball um, is poor. But last night, he looked like he was playing a lot of confidence. I think it's because the pressure was off. You know, as I said, coming down on 2-0 down, you have nothing to lose. 
What about the second leg then? Obviously, there's uh, injuries uh, with Cesc, and we'll come to that in just a moment. But uh, how how do Arsenal approach this? Do they sit back and hope to sneak a goal, or do they have to go for it and try and fight fire with fire in a way? I'd love to say that we could sit back and play a cagey game and be nice and solid, you know, and um, try and get in nil-nil at half-time so that the, the crowd at New Camp, you know, sort of start getting a little bit edgy. But that's not the way that we play. You know, we, we can't play like that. We, we, we never look solid defensively, even when we're, you know, attacking teams. So I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal plays a, a 4-1-4-1 formation instead of his 4-3-3 with Song just sitting in the back, you know, in, in protecting the two centre-halves, which Sol Campbell will probably play. And then ask his midfield players to go man for man when whilst are in possession. But then you need pace to join in, obviously, if Benton plays up front on his own, which I thought he was one of our better players last night, Nick was Benton. I thought he mm-hmm. played very, very well um, up front on his own. So then you need pace uh, from the flanks to join in with him, which would probably be Theo Walcott on one side and Wozitski on the other. Cesc Fabregas obviously is going to be a huge loss for the second leg. We know he's, uh, we've heard the news he's out now for the rest of the season, well, for six weeks anyway. He might get to the Champions League final if we get there. Um, last night he, he took a penalty with a broken leg and stayed on with a broken leg um, it, after getting the, the booking of course as well which would have ruled him out of the, the, the second leg anyway I know you played under a, a captain like Tony Adams who was very vocal and very obviously uh, a captain a leader on the pitch Sesk is more of a guy who leads by example by the way he plays you can't really ask for a better example than what he did last night exactly I mean he, he would have he wouldn't have known that he had a hairline fracture of his obviously when he was playing. He probably felt a bit discomfort. Um, you could tell that he wasn't 100% because obviously the whack that he took on his knee uh, against Birmingham. But he, he needed to play. He's desperate to play. And he was leading by example. He didn't really um, have much influence on the game because, to be honest, Barcelona was so good, you know, for the first hour. But then you're asking uh, your captain to take a, a last-minute penalty to, you know, keep yourself in the tie, which was massive pressure at home when your team's been uh, completely outplayed, which he did. And obviously, as soon as we've made the three substitutions, he couldn't go off. And you, you want your captain to lead like that. He, although he just hobbled around and he probably didn't do his injury any good, you want to see your captain uh, leading by example and, and your team follows him. And that's exactly what he did. Um, it'll be uh, a devastating for him not to be able to play in the, the new camp, obviously coming from there as a 16-year-old. But there's an opportunity from somewhere else. Um, someone like Sami Nazari, who I thought was outstanding against Porto, you know, when he played in that position. Um, in the last Champions League game when we beat him 4-0 and he scored a fantastic individual goal. So it's a great chance for someone else to take responsibility. Wouldn't, Nasri would be your, your choice to do that because obviously you can put Theo into the front three or if he's going to play a front three indeed. Um, Nasri's really uh, begun to look the part recently. Yeah, well, I think when he came on, you can see his confidence when he came on against Birmingham in the last uh, 20 minutes. He obviously helped us turn the game and nearly mixed it for us. And that, he's very, very good at keeping the ball in tight situations. And when you go to the new Camp, you've got to keep possession. And I think if you see the stats last night, it's very rarely that you see this. Barcelona had 62% of possession against us. We normally do that to other teams. So what you need to be is be confident and comfortable in possession when you go in there. And you also have to, have to have a game plan to stop Barcelona from playing. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that Barcelona can't play as well again. But with the quality they've got, um, Ian Esther will come back in. You know, he's their playmaker. Xavi took on that mantle last night. They've, they've got fantastic players. And that is the, the, um, the model that you want to follow. And the thing that stuck um, out uh, for me last night was Barcelona actually went into that big game knowing they could win it. 
we're our team at the moment going in, in the game thinking they win you get they can win and I'm hoping as well that it'll take a lot of confidence because they have been outplayed for an hour but they you know they stuck in there showed some guts and some resilience got back to 2-2 so from being should have been well out of the tie which Pep Guardiola would have expected them to be Arsenal's still in it so if you can get put it this way if George Graham was in charge he would go there to try and get in at half-time 0-0 at the new Camp and you're still in the game mm. if you go 1-0 down and you lose the first goal it's going to be very difficult um, to score two because I've been looking at their stats in the Liga in their last I think seven or eight home games they've only conceded twice um, in those games and that's because they have so much possession yeah, didn't Liverpool have similar stats like that though in 1989? So exactly. Well, um, we went there with a, a, an unusual game plan for us back in '89 because we played a sweeper and we played four-four-two all season. You know, and people obviously think you're going to go gung ho, but if you do go that way, there's one team in the world that will rip you apart, and will be Barcelona. You know, mm. so you've got to go there with with confidence. You've got to go there. Uh, being positive when you're in position, but when you're out of position, you have to have a game plan to try and stop them from playing. And I thought in the first definitely half hour, we didn't seem to know how to stop them from playing because we're used to dominating position all the time. So it was a great learning curve for the players. And for once, I thought that the game lived up to its billing. You know, I said all, you know, for two weeks before, and it will be a feast of football because both teams will want to go and uh, attack the others. You know, if you saw last year, Chelsea against Barcelona, Chelsea set out to stop Barcelona playing over the two legs and arguably they could have nicked it whereas the way that we play is a different philosophy we go and take teams on playing football we created, created enough chances ourselves as well you know Nicholas Bentner had a great header which Valdez pulled off a brilliant save he hit the uh, post himself so we, we created our own chances you know so it's, it's not un, um, completely undoable but it's going to be very very difficult mm. Leaving uh, Barcelona aside very quickly how have you viewed the season as a whole even if it ends without a trophy and, and the way the injuries are stacking up, it's going to be a real struggle to drag. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ourselves over the finish line. Um, how have you viewed it? Has it been successful? Do you see progress this season that wasn't necessarily their last season? Uh, I see the team has matured. You know, and I see that they've, they've grown up when times are, in games are pretty hard. When you go back to the stud game, you know, when Ramsey gets his horrific injury, 18 months ago, we wouldn't have won that game. You know, that would affect them. Mm. But also, I think we, we need a couple of players, which I've been saying all season. You know, we need a different style of player, a uh, combative midfield player. Um, we need uh, another forward. We've missed Van Persie, you know, which is a massive miss for us. And as well as what Almunia played last night in the uh, first half, I think we need a top-quality goalkeeper. We're not far away, 
But then, uh, if you look at our performances against the top sides, the Manchester United, the Chelsea's, and even last night, we're still a little bit short, but not a million miles away. All right. Uh, we better leave it there. Perry Gross, thank you very much. No worries. Thank you very much indeed to Perry Groves for his thoughts on Arsenal, Barcelona and Arsenal season so far. Hopefully we'll get him back on the Arsecast in the very near future. Now, before we go ahead and look forward to the Wolves game, talk a bit about Sask and, of course, look ahead to the uh, the Barcelona game on Sunday. Uh, one man who limped out of the first leg is Andre Arshavin. Here he is. Hello, I am Arshavin. And uh, this week we have a difficult week. Play two games and uh, make two draw. First game uh, we play Birmingham in the winning game until last minute when uh, Almunia make impression of Sergei. He's my uh, little cousin. He's a living attic. You know type. And later we uh, we play Barcelona in Champions League quarter, and uh, it's very difficult uh, game to play because uh, they are an excellent team. And um, no, are you okay in there? No, no. What's wrong? I I don't feel like. Uh, do it this week. It doesn't really matter if you don't feel like it. You've got a contract. You, you've got to do it. Okay, I have a contract, but... Uh, so? You're not being asked to do this for free. You know, you're being paid. So, you know, if you wouldn't mind. No, um, just don't feel like do this week. So, uh, please uh, get somebody, um, different person to do uh, this bit. <laughs> yeah, at this short notice. No. That's it. Uh, I go now. Where the fuck? Where are you going? You can't just... Fucking hell. Um, Andre Arshavin will be back um, in three weeks, maybe. Or on the next Arscast. Who can say? I want to go from talking about... Arshavin, though, to talking about Cesc Fabregas. And um, we know what the game against Barcelona meant to him and what the game would have meant to him were he, were he playing on Tuesday. Um, he got that injury in the Birmingham game and played on because he's got a, a sense of commitment to this team that maybe not every player has. He played through the pain. Maybe he made a mistake. Maybe the manager should have taken him off. But it's at the time of the season where you want all your best players and all the games are so important. There's no room for error. There's no um, chance to catch up. You know, So I can see why he stayed on against Birmingham. And against Barcelona, he was, I suppose, as bamboozled as the rest of the players. He clearly wasn't fit. I think he wanted to play because of the opposition, in hindsight, in hindsight, you would have to say we might have been better resting Sesk for the home game and making sure he was fit and ready for, for the away leg. But hindsight is a wonderful thing. And I suppose Arsene Wenger has to trust the medical staff and he has to trust Sesk if Sesk says that he's feeling okay to play. 
I think had it been any other team, he would have he would have missed the game. Um, but he got a booking in the first half, and he knew what that booking meant. He knew that he was going to be out of the second leg in Barcelona, a chance to play at the new Camp for Arsenal, a club that he loves against Barcelona, a club that he also loves because of uh, his tradition there and uh, because he grew up supporting them and grew up playing for them. And uh, as an occasion in a footballer's life, I suppose they don't get more special than that. And he knew he was going to miss that game. A lot of players would react badly to that. They might cry or they might sulk or they might, you know, not Fabregas. Despite the fact he he really wasn't at his best, I'd say he was probably around 60% fit, if even that. He kept going and kept playing and kept trying to get Arsenal back into the game. And to then win the penalty, well, not win a penalty, it sounds like he did something wrong. Uh, the penalty or the foul was committed on him by Puyol. And the pressure he was under there to step up and score that goal against his old club, for the club that he does love, the club that he's captain of, playing through pain, clearly, playing when maybe he shouldn't have played. He stepped up and smashed that penalty home and then played on for another 10 minutes just so Arsenal would have a numerical advantage on the pitch. He couldn't do anything with the ball, People wouldn't give it to him for the most part. I think he maybe touched it once or twice since then. He was obviously banjaxed. And maybe he should have come off then. Maybe the manager should have insisted. We don't know if he really did himself any more damage or not. Uh, But he stayed on to ensure that Arsenal had a numerical advantage on the pitch in the wake of Puyol sending off. And he knew he was banjaxed. He must have known his leg was fucked. You know, and not just a a bang that you can run off or stick ice on. He knew something bad had happened to him. And maybe it's, you can say after as well, he's a bit silly not to come off himself. And But this is the commitment that he's got. This is the commitment that the captain of this football club has. To step up and score a penalty with a cracked bone in his leg. And it's a, a terrible shame for him that he's going to miss the rest of this season because he's had an absolutely outstanding season, I think. Uh, obviously in terms of his goals, his assists, his work rate, his uh, match-winning abilities. Um, he's had a, a truly fantastic season. I think he's taken a step up. And I think we should be grateful that we have a player who is willing to put himself uh, on the line for the good of the football club. The talk about him going back to Barcelona has been never-ending. It, it hasn't stopped. For ages and ages, and there's a new story every week. Yet he quashes those stories time and time again. We're not stupid enough to believe that at some point he's he's not going to go back there. He will do at some point, but not yet. And I think the way he performs, the way he um, tries to do his best for Arsenal every time he goes out, the commitment he makes in terms of um, rubbishing all those news stories and just the way he wants to win every game. I think there are some players in our team who could do very well to look at Cesc Fabregas and learn something from him because he sets a good example. 
not just to the younger players either, but some of the experienced players. So his season is over, but I think we've got to give him a a virtual standing ovation for what he's done uh, and for what he was prepared to do and for uh, the way he battled for the Arsenal cause. He's a real Arsenal man, and I, I love Sesk. What can I tell you? He is the man, definitely. All right, then. Uh, we'll be looking ahead to the Barcelona game and the Wolves game right after this. Hello, everyone. It's me again, Sylvester. Oh, what a week we have had. It has been heartbreaking. We lose the lead against Birmingham, then we draw against Barcelona, and we lose all those players to injuries. Little Sesky says. William, Andre, oh, it's going to be so difficult now. But I've been to see the boss and I told him I very much want to play in the away leg. I said to him, you have to play me. This ground is suited to me and me alone. He said, why is that? I said to him, well, they don't call it the new camp for nothing, darling. Oh, baby. So, more from Sylvester on another Arsecast in the very near future. Right, we've got two games to preview, because there's two games before we talk again on next week's Arsecast. First up at the weekend, Wolves at home, and I suspect there's going to be a good deal of rotation and resting going on. There are injury problems, obviously no Arshavin, I know Gallas, both of them out for at least three weeks with calf problems, apparently. Uh, no Fabregas. Danielson has got a groin problem. Gail cliche has got a back problem. Um, the manager is definitely going to have an, uh, an eye on Barcelona next week. Uh, so I reckon we could see uh, Traore play. I think Sylvester will play at centre-half at Vermalen because he'll want Saul Campbell for Tuesday and he'll think, well, Saul can't play two games in a row and it is Wolves. We should be able to cope with Sylvester at the back. I'm not saying we will, but we should be able to cope. I think uh, Eduardo will play. Carlos Vela might play. Thomas Rosicki will certainly play. Theo Walcott could play. Nasri could be rested. Bentner could be rested. He's definitely going to have an eye on the Barcelona game. Uh, as for the Barcelona game itself, fuck if I know what's going to happen. When we were 2-0 down the other night, nobody gave us a snowball's chance in hell of getting back into the game the way we were playing, the way they were playing, and we got it back to 2-2. We're going there without a load of important players, our captain, our talisman, the best player we've had this season, and nobody's going to give us a snowball's chance then either. But fucking hell, who knows? Just give it a bash and see what happens. We've got to attack them. We have to score a goal. It's as simple as that. Uh, a goalless draw is no good to us. So we've got to go and attack them. So who knows? It'll be a fun game, I think. Uh, I don't see us playing quite as badly as we did um, at home. So maybe it won't be the walkover that Barcelona, and a lot of Barcelona fans seem to think it's going to be. And I have to say, the Barcelona fans are quite... don't want to label them all with the one brush, but they're so arrogant... They think the way they play is the best, which, you know, fairness, they probably have a point there. But there's just no bend in many of them, you know. Um, and they're a bit annoying, you know. And I've, I've lots of Barcelona friends, and they are kind of annoying. As for Barcelona itself, it's going to be a, a good trip over. 
Loads of Arsenal fans to a great city. The sun will be shining. I hope the weather will be fucking warmer than here. I can guarantee you that. It's been freezing the last few days here in Dublin. Um, and there's going to be lots to do. Um, people have been asking me about places to eat and drink. Um, there's just loads and loads of places to eat and drink in Barcelona. Uh, follow your nose. Um, don't be afraid by the look of a place. Sometimes the best tapas places are the horrible little old man bars with three old fellas sitting at the counter drinking their canyas and, you know, don't be afraid to go in and try. Um, the Irish bars and the English bars, which I suppose are going to get uh, a big influx of fans, are expensive. They're probably more expensive than uh, going to a bar here. So a pint of Guinness in, in Barcelona is going to cost you more than it would cost in in, uh, in England or in Ireland. Um, but of course, they're familiar and the staff will speak English and all that. So if that's what you want to do, go right ahead. There's loads of them, absolutely loads of them. The local bars are cheaper. The local beers are cheaper. The only advice or the only two pieces of advice I would give you if you're going over are, number one, do not eat or drink um, on the Ramblas in the particularly outside areas, on the terraces there, they will rip you off as much as they possibly can. And number two, just keep an eye on your bags and your wallets and your back pockets and things like that. When you're walking about the Ramblas, uh, particularly in and around the train stations, the metro station there, there's a lot of light-fingered folk around. Uh, apart from that, choose anywhere to eat and drink and it's probably going to be good. Um, there's there's just so much to choose from in Barcelona. It's not like here where uh, there's bars that just get full. If a bar is full and it doesn't have any seats, people just go to the next bar because there's so many of them around. Uh, explore the city a bit. Take the, take the tourist buses. If you're there early, if you're there on Monday, the tourist buses are a great way to see the city. You can hop on, hop off, have a beer here, have a beer there. There's so much to see. It's a fantastic city. It's going to be a, a great... A uh, great couple of days if you're going over. Um, if there is an Arsenal pub or an Arseblog pub that we get to, I shall more than likely just stick it up on Twitter um, or uh, text somebody. They can put it up on the Arses. Um, and, you know, if you fancy coming along for a beer, you're more than welcome. The game itself, uh, I, I reckon it could get cold in the evening because we're going to be very, very high up in the new Camp. Um, I don't know what else to tell you. It's Barcelona. You're all grown-ups. You can have a fucking good time without me telling you what to do. So for the game itself, let's just keep fingers crossed. Who knows? Who knows? It's a strange season. This is a very strange season. Barcelona could have won that game 5-6-0 the other night. They ended up drawing it 2-2 with their two main central defenders uh, who are going to miss the next game. And... Maybe there's a little sign in there somewhere. I don't know. My voice is going now, uh, probably because I'm talking too much shite. Uh, so we'll leave it there. Fingers crossed for tomorrow, because uh, three points in the league would be the perfect way to go into the game against Barcelona. No more disappointment. Let's get the momentum going again, and let's go and fucking have a good lash at it in the new camp on Tuesday night. So until next week's Sciencecast, take it easy. Safe travels if you're, uh, if you're going over, and uh, maybe I'll see you there. Take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye.
Hello Tamo, been to play a part against Barcelona. I've been to see the boss and I said to him, look, you have to play me against Barcelona. This fucking geek can't fuck shit bollocks. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.